Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. He wanted to be glorified through Gideon's life. We get it wrong when we think, oh, God chose me because he knew what he was doing. I'm just the right person. Finally, someone's recognized my resume. (laughs) No, no, no. God chooses us because he wants to glorify his name in our life, and he delights to take the weak and make them strong. Now, our strength to accomplish God's will. You're going to need strength to do the will of God. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. As Pastor Ed continues his teaching series through the book of Judges, he'll be reminding us how God delights in making the weak strong and the unqualified qualified. Gideon wasn't the best choice by any means to carry out the mission that God had in store. However, God strengthened Gideon supernaturally, and because he knew the strength wasn't his own, God received all the glory. If you want to be used mightily by God, remain humble and allow God to work in and through you. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith. Remember some lady calling? She had a revelation from God of how we should run the church and all sorts of things we should do. Now, she doesn't attend our church. In fact, she didn't attend faithfully any church. One of the ways you can tell, is a person submissive to leadership? And do they have a track record of hearing and obeying the voice of God? Now, Gideon had heard God's voice, and he had pulled down the altar to Baal, God had protected him from the townspeople. And in the text, he had called for the people of Israel to gather around him. And there was an army of 32,000 people that gathered around him. So Gideon had somewhat of a track record. He had obeyed God. He had listened to God. Now, Gideon didn't have the full canon of Scripture like you and I do. In fact, the priests weren't doing a good job in Gideon's day uh, because they really didn't know the book of Deuteronomy, which they were supposed to study day and night and night and day. And so here Gideon was, and he hears this voice from God, and God is speaking to him, and God does speak through his word. Don't pick one verse here, one verse there, somewhere. Study it in its context so you know the character of God, and you know what God would say, because God's not going to tell you something to do that is against his word. I mean, I, I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor, God spoke to me. And I, I said, oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, uh, he told me to marry so-and-so, and so-and-so isn't saved. He doesn't ask you to do something against his word. So you, you recognize that God speaks, and he speaks in harmony with the scriptures. It's so important to recognize. But what Gideon was doing here, when he asked for those fleeces, He wanted the assurance because he was not a general. He was not a military leader. He was not someone who had ever marched an army before. I believe he was struggling with inner doubt. Aren't you glad that God's patient with us? Even times he speaks to us, and yet we question, and yet we doubt. I think sometimes um, I feel like 
Mark 9, 24. Remember the boy who was sick? The boy's father explained, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And that's what was happening, I think, in Gideon's life. He was saying, Lord, I believe. I want to obey you. I want to do what you want me to do. But Lord, just just help me work through the doubts, work through the questions. And that's okay. Now, I would sort of lead it up to a general rule. I'd say, Lord, just show me. Just, just let me know. And that gets to the next point. God speaks through his word, but he also speaks through providence, circumstances, serendipities. In Judges 6, 39 to 40, it says this, we are given assurance through the providence of God. Here, do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. So, so God did that. There are times that God will confirm a direction you're going in. You have something in your heart, you've been praying about it, you talk about it, and God sends someone along and they say the exact same thing. You, you, you somehow hear that message through another person and you just know that you know that they don't know anything about it, but God confirms, here's what you're to do, here's how you're to walk, here's the direction I want you to go. See, God will use circumstances. He'll do that in our lives. I notice that um, in the text, God's going to speak to Gideon later on. This is later on in chapter 7. He's whittled down his army to 300. Gideon's still a little afraid. And wouldn't you be? I mean, if you had 300 people who were not trained professional warriors, and you were going up against an army of 135,000 trained warriors with swords, with camels, well-equipped. Now, if you weren't afraid, you'd be an unusual person. You'd be a rarity. But here, Gideon's afraid, and this is what God says to him in verses 10 to 13 of chapter 7. If you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant, Pura, and listen to what they're saying. Afterwards, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. That's what God is saying to Gideon. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outpost of the camp, the Midianites, the Amalekites and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley, thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand of the seashore. What it was saying, it was a massive group. You would go down there and you would say, how in the world are we going to defeat them? It's an utter impossibility. And watch what happens. He just happens to go to a particular tent. Someone just had a dream. They just are talking about that dream. And here, Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend a dream. Not a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread. Now, barley is a poor man's food. And spoke about, really, Gideon, he felt he was the least of the least. Poor man's food. A barley loaf now comes rolling down the mountain. Now, you picture a bun coming rolling down the mountain. There's a big tent. And this bun hits the tent. The tent flips over collapses, and is completely destroyed. Now, is that likely to happen? That's a dream he had. And what God was saying is the unlikely was going to happen. The impossible was going to happen through Gideon. And, and here's a man's interpretation. It's nothing more than Gideon, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. Gideon is going to conquer us. And all of a sudden, Gideon's heart was strengthened. Now, if you want to do the will of God, seek godly counsel. If you want to do the will of God, pray over what you feel in your heart. Now, don't, when you seek counsel, don't do it this way. Some people seek counsel this way. 
Let's say they want help in a relationship. They tell how everybody has victimized them. And, and they share and they put themselves in the position where poor old me. Well, of course, if you go to the counselor and you tell them that, what are they going to say? Well, get out of it. You know, they're going to say, you're being abused. The Bible says one person will agree with another when they hear just one side of the story. But if you hear both sides of the story. So when you give counsel, first of all, go to someone who knows you. Go to someone who knows you. Go to someone who's spiritual and then lay out the full picture, not part of the picture if you want good counsel. I mean, that's just, that's just practical. And what God will do is there's a direction that he is setting you in. He'll give you a word. He'll arrange providential circumstances that will confirm that word because what he wants to do is strengthen your faith. For in 1 John 5, 4, it reads, for every child of God defeats this evil world as we achieve the victory through our faith. The stronger you are in your faith, the more certain you are to be victorious. And so God is interested that you become a woman of faith, a man of faith, that you grow in your trust in the Lord. So he gives us an assurance through his word, through providence. But then there's the accomplishment of God's will. You could have the assurance in your heart, but you need to accomplish it. How do you accomplish it? Well, God always, circle it, underline it, bold it, put it in your Bible, puts it out of your reach. God's will for your life, if it really is God's will, is always going to be something more than you could do in yourself. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, each time he said, my grace is all you need, my power works best in weakness, so I'm now glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. God chose Gideon not because of his credentials. God chose Gideon because he wanted to be glorified through Gideon's life. We get it wrong when we think, oh, God chose me because he knew what he was doing. I'm just the right person. Finally, someone's recognized my resume. No, no, no. God chooses us because he wants to glorify his name in our life and he delights to take the weak and make them strong. Now, our strength to accomplish God's will, you're gonna need strength to do the will of God. In Judges 7, two to three, it says this. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men for me to deliver Midian into your hand. So 22,000 men left, 10,000 remained. Now, now picture Gideon going to bed that night. Lord, 32,000 men have come, but we're outnumbered. They have 135,000. God, that's more than four times the number. And they're well equipped. God, send more men. Send more men. Send more warriors. More volunteers. Gets up and God says, you got too many. Huh. Well, all right, God, I, I guess I don't, want the, I don't want everybody to be fearful. I guess it's right. And then God says, you still have too many. Another test. How are they going to drink water? Are they going to lap it up? Or are they going to bend down and just not pay attention? How are they going to? He takes the army down another 9,700. He leaves him with 300 people. Wow, 300 against 135,000 people? But remember, God's given Gideon the signs and Gideon's believing the signs. He's believing and trusting God. What God wants is to make sure that we do his work in his strength. 
God will put you in positions that are beyond your ability. That's what God did with our church. There were politicians who said they'll never get that property. There were religious leaders who said they will never get that property. Well, they were right. If you were looking at a natural perspective, they were correct. Anybody thinking of the facts would think that way. But if God is in it, because this way, we don't take the glory. We recognize that it's God who has intervened supernaturally in ways that we possibly couldn't have. We couldn't have raised, arranged the sale, the purchase of those properties and the sale of those properties and the timing. And, and we took that step of faith and we walked out. And as we walked out and put all the resources, and then God said, okay, I filled the building with furniture for you. I'll give you 20 new smartboards. I'll fill it with desks and chairs. I mean, the timing, you just knew that only he, he could have orchestrated things like that. And so when we look at those things, it's, it's a picture of what God wants to do in your life and in my life. There are things that God asks you to do that you don't feel capable or able to do. There are things that you might think, oh, how can I ever, ever do that? With God, all things are possible. Now, I noticed in the text that it, God is our strength. In 2 Samuel 22, it says, it is God who arms me with strength. And what God wants to make sure of is that we don't think it's ourselves. That's really clear in the text. And he wants to make sure that he alone gets the glory. Now, to accomplish the will of God, you need to do it in his strength. To accomplish the will of God, you need to have as your main motivation the glory of God. It has to be that. Our motivation to accomplish God's will, verses 2 to 3, in order that Israel not boast against me that their own strength had saved her. What happens is our fallen nature likes to take credit. All of us do. You know, we, we like some strokes. We like to feel good about ourselves. And nothing's wrong with feeling good about yourself. But... When our motivation is the glory of God, you know what happens? People learn to trust in God. People learn to put their trust not in the arm of flesh that simply it, it fails. But when you give God the glory and give God the honor, people are actually helped because they realize that God will help them. God will be faithful to them. God will answer their prayers. That God will do the impossible. And so... You really help your family, your friends, others, when your directive is to give God the glory. In Zechariah 4, 6, it says this. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. When you give the credit in your life for the things that work out, Maybe your business grows. Maybe you're successful in your education. Maybe things are happening in your life and whatever it is. And you, and, and you give the glory to God. God is pleased. His kingdom is advanced. And people are taught to trust in the one who doesn't change. Amen? Now, it doesn't stop there. There is a journey to doing God's will. Remember the passage we read earlier? God will guide us all through our life to the journey's end. From the beginning to the end, from your birth to your last breath, 
God promises to be that guide. But all along the journey, you're gonna observe a few things. Now in verse 28, it sort of wraps up the journey Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites. There were a lot of things. He's pursuing them. Uh, He's doing incredible things with the strength of God. It says, uh, Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again during Gideon's lifetime. The lad enjoyed peace for 40 years. Now, I want you to notice something that happens between that point in verse 38 and prior. First of all, there are those who will increase your burden. Now he calls the Ephraimites, and they are a big help. They help, you know, as Midian is fleeing, as the Amalekites are fleeing, once Gideon surrounds the camp, and he has those lanterns, and he has the torches inside, and they break it, and they yell, the sword of the Lord and Gideon, all the camels are spooked, the Amalekites and the Midianites, they speak different languages, their swords, they turn on one another. There's all sorts of confusion in the camp, and they're fighting each other, and it's all the hand of God, and they're fleeing. As they're fleeing, Gideon sends a word out to Ephraim, the second largest tribe, and he says, come help us in the battle. And they do, they're successful. But watch their response, because they have a bit of pride. Now the Ephraimites ask Gideon, why have you treated us like this? Why didn't you call us when you went to fight Midian? And they criticize him sharply. Well, God, first of all, knocked his army down from 32,000 to 10,000 to 300. And it wasn't in God's plan that they'd be there. But Gideon's not gonna be able to explain all of that to him. And so he's very diplomatic with them. He said, what did I do in comparison to what you've done? You've caught the two leaders, Oreb and Zebeb, and you know, what can I do in comparison to you? So he used diplomacy, which was, which was wise. But you're gonna find, if you determine to do the will of God, let's say this morning at the end of the service, you say, you know, I'm gonna work on my marriage. I'm gonna work on my time with God. I'm gonna work on my relationships. I'm gonna, whatever it is, you'd make a decision. The enemy's gonna oppose you at that. And watch what happened. First of all, there were critical words. In Proverbs it says, some people make cutting remarks. When you do the will of God, cannot satisfy everyone. The silence. (laughs) When you do the will of God in your life, somebody's gonna be unhappy with you. Because if God's happy with you, the enemy isn't, and he has a way of just trying to discourage you along the way. And so what happens is when you do the will of God, recognize that there'll be some criticism. But what does he do? Proverbs 15.1, he follows the advice later on of Solomon who said, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up anger. Maybe it was Solomon who was thinking about Gideon when he wrote that proverb. But he, he just calms the situation down with wise and careful words. Now, I want you to see something else that happens. Gideon, though, doesn't do so well in the next test. He's gonna go over the Jordan, and the tribes over the Jordan probably fear the Midianites and the Amalekites. And so he's over the Jordan with 300, and he's still, now I can't imagine how these 300 people are chasing this huge, huge army. It's amazing that they're doing that, but yet Gideon believes God, he's heard God, and, and it's, it's an incredible story. As he's chasing them, his men are tired, they're exhausted, and so they go to a couple of towns. In Judges 8, 5 to 8, in the message translation, they, he asked the men of Sukkoth, and then he asked the men of Peniah, 
would you give me some food? Would you give me some supplies? Or my men are tired, they're hungry, they're weary. These were their brothers across the Jordan River. These were people that were part of the nation. They should have had some patriotism. And, and they respond, you're on a wild goose chase. Why should we help you on a fool's errand? That's the way the message translation translates their response. Now, what Gideon does is this. He's going to take revenge. Now, commentators differ on this. This is where I fall with it. I believe Gideon's really making a mistake here. You always should leave things in God's hands. Uh, when Saul became king and they had a victory, uh, the people said, listen, take revenge on those people that didn't support you being king. And he said, no, no, this is God's victory. And then when Saul wanted to kill his own son, Jonathan, uh, the soldiers came to his rescue and said, no, 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 God has given us victory. It's not the time to uh, have some type of revenge. Something happened in Gideon where his heart wasn't right. Sometimes success can make you a tyrant. Sometimes God promotes a person and they turn out bad. It's easier to handle suffering than it is success. It's easier to handle adversity than it is prosperity. And here Gideon, and you just sort of see these sort of cracks in the armor with Gideon. And uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll look at that again. We'll study Gideon and, and see how it, the story ends. But here Gideon is, and there's this crushing response. And in this crushing response, when they won't help the man and help him, there's a bitterness that seeps into his heart. You know what you should do? When you find yourself on the journey, there are always going to be some people who make the burden heavier but there are always going to be some people who make it lighter. There are those who lighten the burden. In verse 4, Gideon had 300 men who were exhausted, who were tired, but yet they kept on pursuing. They kept on going after the Midianites, the Amalekites. They stayed with them. They didn't see the vision that Gideon had. They didn't see the encounter that Gideon had. When you go through the hard times, remember, not the words of criticism, but the words of encouragement. Remember those who helped you along the way, who, who hung in there with you, gave you a word of advice, word of encouragement. But, you know, but we tend to, as people, sort of focus more on the negative, on the positive. Stop that. Don't do that. Determine to listen to the voice of God through words of encouragement that come your way, that lift your spirit so that you could complete the race. Now, I love these verses of scripture. I love connecting them together. Judges 6.12, what did God say to Gideon when he saw him? He said, Gideon, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. At the end of the story, he looks like a mighty warrior. Now he's not perfect, but he looks like a mighty warrior. And in the New Testament, God looks back. Now there are flaws, there are weaknesses that Gideon has, but when God looks back, and this is what he says in Hebrews 11, what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, whose weakness was turned to strength, and whose powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Wow. God has a plan for all of our lives. He wants to use you in incredible ways. And pursuing God's will is not always easy. You might make some mistakes and think, oh man, I, I just... I just missed it here or there. Get up, go on. Don't get stuck in the rut. Uh, take God's word 
And take the assurance that he gives you that he'll never leave you or forsake you. Uh, He'll give you providential signs all along the journey. Get that assurance from God because God loves you. You are beloved of the Lord. Throughout the history of the nation of Israel, there have been various forms of leadership. From the creator of heaven and earth, to kings, to judges. The book of Judges details the time when God chose judges like Othniel and Deborah to make right ruling in Israel. Join us each day as Pastor Ed shares with us verse by verse from the book of Judges. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. Visiting the website will also help you stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith. At the website, you'll find today's message for you to listen to again, download, or even post to your Facebook page to share with your family and friends. Again, that's all available when you log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or, if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching verse by verse through the Old Testament book of Judges. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores.